When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrooks. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. And it's a pleasingly triumphant stop hammer time we have this week with uh, two wins in the last two games in the bag. That's a 100% record for people that are into mathematics. To discuss this with me are, uh, as always, Jim Grant. Good evening. Hello, Jim. All right. right. You were not at the Southampton game at the week. No, no. I was working late and Mm -hmm. and I knew I was going to struggle to get there from Mm -hmm. the start. So I I put all my eggs into into the women's team basket. As which is were. which because women have eggs mm. <laughs> absolutely uh, yeah no, I went to Wembley for the peculiar um, choice of imagery yes, yes, well no, well a slightly distressing choice of imagery sorry why why would you why would you sue anyway. were these frozen eggs yes yes um i've i've had uh, some of my sperm frozen it was a very cold park bench. <laughs> it really was. And I should have worn trousers. I don't know why I went out on such a cold day. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, also joining us, if you're thinking of breaking the law, as I do all the time, you should have one telephone number in your phone. It is Britain's best barrister and top QC. You know who it is, Jim. Because, uh, oh, because I do. Because you can see him. Yes. It's Simon Pentel. Hello, good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Lovely to be here and um, still basking in the glory and the warmth of us winning our cup final now, yes. 10 days ago, um, and waiting in anticipation that um, the royal birth, as a result of which we're going to have oh, yes. a new prince named hopefully Trevor yes. after Lord Brooking of Brentwood. Um, so I'm waiting for that joyous announcement. Yes. Um, have, you, have you had a little bet on Trevor? Have you put some money on it? Because um, you, you probably get very good odds. <laughs> I think I think I think I'd probably do very well. I'm very very good odds, um, but I don't think it'd be right. You know, he's got the stand, he's got the knighthood. You know, he's just such a great person and a wonderful footballer. I think it's about time that all of that was represented at the highest echelons of the establishment in this country. Quite right. And there really should be a Prince Trev of Sussex or wherever the hell they're from. Yeah, yeah. Some kind of statue at the very least. Yes. Minimum. Absolutely yeah, minimum. Absolutely. Should be a statue. Indeed. I think he should Talking be on a of... banknote. Yes. Trev on a bank Trev on a banknote. I agree. I yeah. agree. Did we say that when uh, that stand was named after Billy Bonds, when Billy Bonds and Alvin Martin sort of led that group from the other stand towards the, yeah. the stand that was named after him, they looked like they could still play. They yes, were both they like were, in, yeah. sort of looked like they were in peak physical That's condition. True. Bonds and Martin walking out there in their quite nicely tailored suits. They both looked, and Bonzo's like 70 now or something, isn't he? And well, just incredible. Bill is a physical freak. And, He's extraordinary. Um, of course, 
renowned even in his 40s when he was still at the club in pre-season training and the long-distance run mm-hmm. would still be back before guys who were less than half his age yeah, or more than half yeah, his yeah. age, shall yeah. I say, 18-year-olds. Yeah. Quite terrifying in truth. So Bill's always been like that. But Alvin's yeah. in good nick. And I have to say, um, now, of course, albeit he's a septuagenarian, um, Trevor Brooking's not carrying Trev's in good shape. too, yeah, too yeah. much weight. No, no. Looked after himself very well. Mm-hmm. I wonder mm. what Razor Ruddock looks like these days. <laughs> well, you'd have seen it if you'd been watching that fabulous program on the television with Ari's Army or whatever he oh, called it. Oh, okay. was he in that? When, oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Razor, Razor was in that. And uh, I think it's fair to say he's probably as broad as he is tall. I wonder if he's one of those people that we don't see him so much because he's one of those people that eventually the fire brigade has to break a window and sort of carry him out <laughs> with, yeah. with a crane. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. As a proper character, though, he our razor. Huge character. Our razor. Uh, huge character. Um, so, uh, yes, yeah, so uh, we, we played the weekend. Uh, we played Southampton. And uh, uh, I mean, that run in is now looking a little healthier with uh, a win against Spurs and a win against Southampton. You know, we, we, we're incredibly unfortunate. And in fact, it's not even fortune. It's, uh, we got fucked over by officials against Manchester United and Leicester. And Leicester. Both mm. of those games we mm. won, as, mm. uh, as, as we've explained many times on this podcast. And the referee overturned the result. Yeah. Uh, well, as, the, as, of course, the official overturn the result at home against Liverpool. Liverpool we won yeah. that game as well. Yes, that's right. Um, that that sticks out. Yeah, um, so uh, eight points more we would have uh, mm. if those the results of those games had been the actual result of the game rather than some result that was arbitrarily given us by, by and officials. And of course, um, had we been better off, in fact, as we go in, we're marching to the weekend and the final game, depending on our result and results of others can make the difference, I think, of about £6 million yes. to West yeah. Ham because it's £1.9 million a place. So they could finish 12th yes. or we could finish 9th. Ninth, that's and if right. we finish 9th, there's an extra £6 million quid in the kitty. Mm. Are there any things that we should offset those again? I mean, there was the... Um Hernandez handball goal, wasn't there? Did that, did that, but didn't we win that three? Did we win that? Yeah, we won that anyway. That wouldn't have opened yeah. the result. It sort of opened uh, the door, okay. didn't it? But, yeah, that uh, wouldn't have yeah. altered the result. Yeah. Um, but um, it was a sort of... Uh, I thought the Southampton game, sort of partway through the first half, uh, it, fe- it felt like it was being played slightly at three-quarters speed. It felt because well, it was. It felt a little bit flip-flops on for both teams, didn't it? Well, it, it was. Right? It felt very much like an exhibition game. Yeah. Um, but, as I've said so many times on the podcast this season, and last season, and probably the season before that, yep. um, the constant renaissance of Mark Noble is now getting reaching, reaching, the, uh, reaching the stage of being just simply fucking ridiculous. It is, isn't it? Because... Yeah. I thought there were glimpses on Saturday of him being almost the Canning Town Pierlo. Um, and the ball for the first goal yep. was yeah. just the perfect. Weight, the weight. I mean, the weight on the yeah. pass. Yeah. And he's done that more and more this season. Yeah. And ironically, perhaps, it was the, the, the result and two goals to Arnie was exactly the same as the game against Southampton at home last year. 3-0 mm. and two goals to Arnie. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, so maybe we just want to play Southampton every week. <laughs> exactly. And we'd, um, we'd, be un, we'd be unbeatable. Yes, Noble's renaissance is, is really extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, it's, and this has been going for decades now. Every time you sort of write him off, I think one of the first times we wrote him off was when uh, certainly I, you know, had not seen enough of Kevin Nolan to know quite what he was like. But when it looked like Parker might stay and Nolan was coming in, you thought that that Mark Noble 
his days were numbered. And I mean, that's 2011, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, you sort of thought that he would possibly be displaced from the team. And every time you sort of think that he might be, um, you know, uh, sort of some built-in obsolescence would finally take effect, he comes back playing. Uh, I mean, against Spurs away, he, he was, he was, he, he was sensational. Yes. And in fact, Anderson... Fantastic you know didn't have a great game and Noble was our most creative midfielder not only was he the hardest working putting in tackles all over the shop but he was also the one most likely to put a killer ball through it's always been a great passer of the football yeah. I mean that's I don't think anyone's ever questioned that I think the issue with with Noble always has been um you know those times that against particularly teams that are very physical yeah. and pacey in midfield yeah. the game can the game can sort of pass him by yeah. a bit and you know you've got to think about the team the team around him but you're, you're absolutely right in terms of vision and and you know um, close control and pass you know he's a very technically good footballer mm. but as you say against spurs um he really was i thought all the plaudits seemed to go to um, Issa Diop, or, or if it didn't, or they didn't rather, um, to Mikel Antonio. But actually, mm-hmm. Nobes ran that game. He yeah, did, yeah. Great. And in the same way that he transformed the game, was it against Cardiff where he came on? We were, it was like one all or something. We were playing like yeah. shit. Yeah. And he, um, Pellegrini brought him on and he transformed the game with a couple of passes. The whole thing changed. Mm. And for me about Nobes is that in that strange sort of way, and however things develop at our beloved club in the next five years, you really can't see him ever being too far away. Even if he's not on the pitch, his influence behind the scenes Mm. can't be ignored. And when you look back at it, um, 450 matches now, I think he's played for West Ham Mm. in all competitions. Mm. Mm. He's going to make the 500 mould, one would imagine, in the next couple of years. And still, if you went and recruited fabulously in the summer, which I don't suppose we will, um, you can't imagine there's going to be someone brought in who's going to do a better job than Nobes in jing everyone up yeah. and at the right time actually doing the right thing. We've, we've sort of ended with, even though we lost both those games incredibly unjustly, there have been four good performances so far. It feels that some kind of rot was stopped. Uh, mm. There were some kind of catastrophic performances. The Cardiff away was... was well, yeah, they're, 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 Burnley they're, away they're, was they're, a shocker. So um, Brighton away was yeah. appalling. Sort of second um, half of Christmas. There's been a number of them. I would say Wimbledon, Wimbledon, AFC away, Wimbledon yeah. the Cup. Actually, yeah. was poor. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But the... Um, um, yeah. But we, it seemed that we were really going to um, just sort of piss it all away when it seemed that after Christmas we, I mean, I've sort of said this before, but but we finished sort of, we finished the year uh, 2018 sort of mid-table looking like the momentum was upwards rather than well, sort was. of, um, you know, a kind of Kirbishly or Allardyce decorations coming down after Christmas <laughs> and just sort of coasting to the end of the season. Whereas, whereas it looked like ultimately we were going to coast to the end of the season with, you know, 42 points or something and just sort of scrape by. But actually, it feels like uh, the spirit in the team is sort of better to win, you know, Saturday's game uh, without Rice and Anderson. Mm. and actually win it at a canter mm. 3-0. You know, mm. I know it was felt a little bit end of season. Sure. It was a decent performance. I mean, it, yeah. was, a, it was... We were um, always in control on yeah. Saturday. Didn't look for a minute, I think, 
as if we weren't going to win the game. We scored early, yeah. we needed it, and it was just a bit of a cakewalk. And it was a lot of fun because you could relax. Yeah. Um, and it's always different when you're watching it and there's no tension and you can just enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and they played some Olay football. Um, and it was just really quite a nice way to see out the season in not dissimilar way to last season. Notwithstanding, it came at the end of a huge lot of pain and aggravation mm. in the final game against Everton, which we yes. won in a similar Three sort of way. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, maybe it's, it's that we always want to play our last game of the season every season, but throughout <laughs> the season. Yeah. And if they could only do that throughout, you know, we'd have a great side, but, Unfortunately, we can't. No, no. Well, they've got their, you know, they need to find, I mean, you know, Pellegrini must be, you know, thinking how we've got to find some consistency. And I, I do think, you know, your point about Noble and Ging everyone up, I, I think there is a lack of, you know, take the game by the scruff of the neck leadership around the team. I mean, yeah. uh, you can't just rely on him to, to G people up. There should be people who are, and I think having Balbuena back has made a bit of a difference well, because I think he does organise. I agree uh, with that. But know. I think there's a little bit more to it. And I have to say, and I don't want to delve because it was a week before last. I know you did your podcast mm. about it last week. But in the Tottenham game, I just had this sense at, at the game, um, very fearful as I was beforehand, I must mm. confess, that in that dressing room, you could imagine Nobes going round to everyone else and saying, listen, boys... This is not just not a trip out here to a brand spanking wonderful stadium where you're here just to dick around. This is a game where we really have got to turn up. It's not just another game. Yeah, yeah. This is the game. And you could see those who had not played at away at Tottenham, which is different to at home against Spurs, um, seem to actually have grasped that. It had been inculcated, I think, in them how important this was and that... Yeah. In truth, everything that preceded it could almost be forgiven if we pull it out, if we pull out all the stops. And of course, we did. And the celebrations after the game were just remarkable. Yeah. It was as if we did yeah. win the bleeding cup. Yeah, it was terrific. It was terrific. Um, you know, yeah. The, and I'm fearful when Nobes moves on, who's going to step into that breach and explain to which are, of course, nowadays, unfortunately, it comes with the territory, a group of highly paid mercenaries, that some games are far more important than others. Yeah, yeah. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrokes. Well, apropos uh, the performances uh, at the weekend, um, <clears throat> as you know, as a <clears throat> season ticket play, uh, holder at the club, uh, I often on a Monday morning have an email from uh, someone within in the club. I think probably I'm the only person that gets these, but... Uh, yeah, well, often, I've never had one. No, they're often from, you yeah, know, obviously the, the, the chairman. Sometimes they're, sometimes they're from the captain, but occasionally they're from one of the personalities within the team. And this is the one that turned up on um, Monday, uh, I'll try and do it justice with, with the sort of delivery to give a flavour of, uh, of the author of the email. But uh, here we go. <clears throat> Hello, Philip. It's me, Fabian Balbuena. Since I was a young boy in Paraguay, people have asked me, Fabian, is it just a coincidence that with doing the team, we have won the last two games? And my answer has always been the same. In my country, Paraguay, 
which I love more than my wife and children, we have to say, if your horse can fly, it's not a horse. It's possibly a bird or a helicopter. But perhaps you are the horse. Have you thought about that? I thought not. It's an unwieldy saying and strangely conversational, but everyone in Paraguay says it. In our last two games, we have been a team of horses, majestic stallions, except Arthur Masuaku. I don't know what he is. Some kind of bat. And Andy Carroll. He's not even an animal. He is a table. Or perhaps some sand. When Marco Anarevich scored two goals, I was so happy, I shot myself. Marco and I are more than blood brothers. We are blood, hair, bone fragments, fingerprints, semen, motive, and opportunity. We are like brothers, is what I'm saying. We can both bench press a car, and we have both tasted of human flesh. When Marco was forced to stay at shitty West Ham and not get his dream move to communist China, he was distraught. I saw this. I took him aside, sat him on my lap, and said, Marco, if your horse can fly, it's not a horse. It's possibly a bird or a helicopter. But perhaps you are a horse. Have you thought about that? I thought no. He looked me in the face, beat his chest twice, and broke my nose. I knew my work was done. We have one more game this season against Warfor. I hope we can make a good account of ourselves and fuck them up. I want to kill them so bad they pull out of the FA Cup final and Troy Deeney leaves football to become a priest. Is too much to ask? Well... In Paraguay, we have a saying. Oh dear, have you been relegated, Neil Warnock? Oh, that's a shame. Oh no. Oh, that's really bad. Ginny Recon. My name is Fabian Balbuena. Good luck, Philip. And that's, um, oh, excellent. Yeah. Excellent. excellent. He's, excellent. he's, he, he sounds like a, a sort of, you know, seems like a nice sort of nice chap. guy. Yeah. yeah. Who's never heard of Pegasus. No, no, that's right. That's right. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. Um, he was very good, wasn't he? He seems, um, seems like yeah, he's a good. Definitely. Well, also, I mean, he's a resurgent Issa Diop against, uh, a arrested Issa Diop against Tottenham. Yes. And he again, seemed he was to really have got at, tired, yeah, didn't yeah. he? And, and, and he obviously, the, game plan at the start of the season can't have been to, for him to have played so many games yeah play in the first game and then every single game <laughs> yeah. at 22 uh, or whatever he but is he's a real prospect we yeah, need to yeah. hold on to him I don't I don't think there'd be any problem holding on to him um, but we what we do need is is another centre back because yeah we could do I don't suppose more, yeah. Reedy's ever going to play again for no, us it doesn't look very and likely. it's a you know if one is injured and, and I have to say I think that Ogbonna did actually quite well so in the last I. few I think weeks. He's good. Yeah, he gets um, some stick, but I, I yeah, quite I like you know, him. and mm. and what he does have, Ogbonna, is a physical presence that Diop, for his size, it seems to me, does yeah, not have. Yeah, we've, we've said we've, this for a while. And, yeah. and when you were talking just before, Jim, about um, all those painful away results 
um, where where we've lost in those games, it seems all, it's the same bloody thing time and time again. You know, it's back to Einstein, and if you keep doing the same thing with the same result, mm-hmm. what the fuck are you doing? As Albert would have said, but perhaps with a slight Very German much. accent. Yeah. Um, the, the the truth is that we've been outmuscled by by teams. Or who Burnley. Are, yeah, classically. They're big front men. Yeah. And yeah. Diop, for his size, yeah. seems to shrink yes. against the likes of those players. And I can't quite understand why. And he's oddly not good in the air, considering Dreadful he's in the so air. tall. Well, he doesn't seem to jump ever no, for a weird, high ball. It? He just sort of stands there and hopes that his sheer height can, can yes. win it for him. I think he's getting a bit better, I have to say. I think he's, I think he's got a lot better, going for him. Yeah, but as I say, yeah. we do need another centre-back. And that's going to be an issue. Yes. There's a lot of questions, aren't there? I mean, um, somebody who in those last couple of games uh, has performed very well and was very good on Saturday is uh, Obiang. Mm. And, you know, you, there are all these, there are quite a few players now that, that your, uh, your heart says it would be great for them to remain as squad players. But the fact is that, you know, um, if you can upgrade in football, it's quite a good thing to do. So people like sort of Obiang and Snodgrass. You've got Jack Wilshire, who you're just saying, well, is this guy ever going to stay fit? I mean, no. it's, you know, it's, a, it's problematic. He was very good. He, the last couple of games he's come on in, he's looked like Jack, Jack Wilshire. Yeah, he does. Know. I mean, Jack Wilshire's got his great talent is that he keeps the game moving. Yeah. And he very seldom makes a pass that doesn't have an effect. He doesn't just pass it square for the sake of it. He keeps the game rolling. I mean, that's why he's such a good player. And I don't think anyone would ever ever doubt that he is. It is, for him, of course, now, all about his fitness. We won't know until we get into next season. I do detect, however, from the things he's said, um, if you believe it, um, and that most recently he's stated that he's not going away on holiday, he's going to use the summer break himself to get fit. Because... He is a West Ham fan, and I think that he genuinely feels that because of his injury this season, he owes us. Yeah. I just yeah. think, you know, we may get a couple of sparkling seasons out of him. Yeah. And if we were to, um, that, that could actually take us to another level, because mm-hmm. he's a genuinely, quali- genuinely a quality footballer. Yeah. But we go back, and I... God, the countless times I've said this on this podcast, we're still lacking a genuine box-to-box player. And I don't think Obiang is that. And I think there's been an element in the last couple of games, I think he did play well on Saturday, and he came on a couple of cameos recently. He's been okay. But I think there's an element of shop window for him. Yeah, Um, yeah. And that always rather spooks me when players who've done nothing, and he's had a dreadful season when he has played. Mm -hmm. Um, And the test is, and you have to be really quite ruthless about it, is are these players good enough to wear the shirt? Mm-hmm. And that's, I know it's a very high bar, but I believe in that. You know, I've had a lifetime, 50 years of watching this rubbish and getting <laughs> upset and excited, but more often upset than excited by it. And he's not good enough. Um, and we need a genuine box-to-box player. We need another centre-back. And then the big question is what happens up front? Yeah. And absolutely. will absolutely. and will we absolutely. ever see... Um, and I'm kind of, I can't think of his name, the kid that plays on the left-hand side, someone help me out, Nathan Holland. Yeah, Holland. Yeah, yeah. Is he ever actually going to step up yeah. and be the player that we think he is 
or might be that in my view Diane Garner certainly is not no Diane Garner is uh, looks very raw and doesn't look talented enough I mean yeah. I'm surprised in fact the fact that, that um, Diane Garner came through this is not totally a kind of uh, you know uh, um, totally denigrating Diane Garner but Keenar looks a little bit better and not and, dissimilar. And we sold him and yeah. kept this other one and went, oh, we'll cultivate this kid. You, and you're like, well, like the kid you just cultivated and sold to another Well, team. he got very lucky. I mean, he, he, you know, he had a great game against Macclesfield, but bloody hell, everyone did. We piled in eight goals. Yeah. But there's something about him that for those of you who, who have long enough memories, he's a bit to me like Johnny Aries was in the 1970s. <laughs> And Bobby Barnes was in the yeah. 1980s. <clears throat> He's just never going to get better. And he runs yeah. around a lot and it matters to him. Of course it does. But I don't think... It's like, or even... Um, what's his name? Zavon Hines. Yeah, You know, yeah, 10 yeah, years ago. Yeah. He's just, you, you just can't see him making that step. No, no. Some players do, though, don't they? Uh, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, to a certain extent, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to trust... Pellegrini's judgment to a certain yeah. extent at the moment. But it, but it, um, so, for example, I, I would say, you know, like Stanislas. Some players do, you know, you'd have put yes. him in that same bracket for us, I think. But he's he's gone on. And, oh, and actually, I thought Stanislas had. A, I was sorry to see him go when he went. He had a kind of swagger yeah. to him. Yeah, I thought, yeah. which he's which he's kept his yeah. whole career. You know, every time yeah. he. Start, either starts with Bournemouth or comes off the yeah. bench he's got a kind of assurance that you sort of can't buy he looks yeah. like a kind of you know at least mid Premier League or lower Premier League standard footballer I think we all you know we <clears throat> I mean a little bit is, is wishful thinking but we want these young players to, to come through and engage yeah, themselves yeah, yeah. I'm glad some of them are being given a chance and, uh, but I mean, you know, boy, the crowd baying for like Tony Martinez a couple of years oh, ago. I mean, he, he yeah, literally came yeah, on again yeah, in that game in Shrewsbury yeah. away, and the cheering almost stopped. Well, it was you like realize, a needle scratch sound yeah. about twenty seconds after he came on the pitch. We went, oh, Tony Martinez uh, singing his name, yeah. like two touches <laughs> of the ball, and they, and they were like, oh, oh, oh dear. Oh. Well, it oh. takes it takes yeah. me back to um, that dreadful afternoon in the FA Cup when we got smashed at Nottingham Forest. Yes, um, yeah, oh God. And oh God. Allardyce, and, the, and as you all know, I'm a massive Allardyce hater and quite unashamed and proud of it. Yes. In fact, it was as if his attitude was, because the crowd were baying for a number of youngsters to play, was, right, I'll show you who's right. And he played the whole fucking lot of them. All of them at the same time. We got absolutely annihilated. There were senior players with no balls who didn't stand up and help them out, like Jarvis, for example. Yeah, but I think it was part of Allardyce's master plan to say, I I know that these guys aren't good enough. You all think they can be. Yeah. But um, before that, you know, look, all clubs, and I think it's very important in actual fact, to um, the functioning of any team that you have at least one of your own. And, of course, mm-hmm. the benefit of it is they, they get the whole psyche and the philosophy of the club, and they are forgiven so much. We were talking about Nobes before. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest about it. As, as much as I've complimented him, um, in those first few years, uh, 
there were a number of performances which would have deserved a genuine, genuine lambasting from the crowd. But he never really got it because everyone looked at him and thought, he's Mark Noble, he's from mm-hmm. Canning Town, he's one of ours, we'll let it fly. Yeah. And we'll let it slide. And, and that, that's built his future. I don't think he would have survived if it wasn't for the fact that the crowd were ever so forgiving of him well, because of his background. Yes, I mean, in a funny way, he's, he, um, he is, you know, sort of West Ham's captain and stuff, but, but sometimes... In a bad team, he can't change the game. He's no. he's bad in a bad team. Yep. He can't pull a bad team up by its bootstraps, by example. You know, when he's with good players, like, um, you know, in the when this team's been motoring with kind of Anderson and a firing on Outovich and Lanzini, uh, there was a couple of games ago where he sort of got to the byline and crossed. And the last time he did that was about four years ago in the Pie team. Mm. Because we're sort of there's enough interplay between skillful players far enough up the pitch for him to reach the other team's byline and put a crossover, and it's when he's surrounded by other good footballers that that happens. He can join yeah. in that. Well, play. he did that at Old Trafford, didn't it? Yes. It was his. It was yes, the one right. two yes. and his yes, cross. Yes. That led to Anderson scoring our equaliser. That's the game I'm thinking of. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was and a long time since you saw him do that. Ball in for Antonio. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, was against yeah. Leicester. Yes, yes. But he, yeah. but he, he. He he isn't someone that can kind of drag the ball the team up by by the bootstraps by example, but he is you know he is as you say you, you don't doubt that he's probably a good motivator in the dressing room. He's good at sort of disseminating why we want to win this game. But we do have these you know like you y- you do wonder you know Snodgrass or Obiang whether these players can be improved on. In a funny way, we have a sort of strange luxury player in Antonio in that the. the, the downsides of his game um, would probably be intolerable to, you know, Manchester City or another team. But surrounded by good players, he ploughs his own furrow. He doesn't join in with, you know, the, the tricky interplay with, you know, As Wilson. Demonstra- yeah, I mean, he is, he's a bit of a sort of um, uh, kind of one-off, isn't he, Antonio? Yeah, he's, he's a maverick. An, he's an odd mixture of things. Um but when he's fit and firing, as he has been in, in the in the in the latter part of the season, I mean, you know, the 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 the, the ball was just knocked over the top that he absolutely skinned. What's his name for for pace? It's but I mean, he is terrifying. Must be terrifying mm-hmm. to play against in in so many in so many ways. Yes. And yet, of course, he's, he's hugely he's, frustrating because yes. you know there are times when you know he is Carlton Cole esque in well, in front yeah. of God. and and in me- and and he has a great similarity, I think, with Carlton Cole in, to this extent that. And the goal against Spurs really um, exemplified it. If he's got no time to think about it, he's a world beater. If he's got time to think about it, it's a disaster waiting to happen. And I wonder about Mikel Antonio, whether or not it's a question of coaching. Because we all talk about managers and the abilities that they have or they don't have, how they set their teams up and how they motivate their teams. But there's another element, and it's how you bring through and develop a player. And Harry Redknapp, who has been chastised in certain circles, um, although I'm a big, big fan, but I've got um, an ulterior reason for saying that. I'm a big fan. People forget, with all the praise that's being heaped on Poch at the moment at Tottenham, Forget Pochettino. This is Harry Redknapp set up this, dare I say it, this platform for Tottenham. Mm. And Harry Redknapp, it was Harry Redknapp that transformed Gareth Bale from being a complete bloody also-ran into a world-beater of a footballer. 
That was under Harry's watch. And I think it's an important part, and I'm not sure yet because it's one season and we don't know, if Pellegrini has it in his locker to develop players in the same way that you can quite clearly see that Klopp has developed players at Liverpool. Um, It's not a pure fluke that Salah is playing and has played for two seasons on a completely different level than anyone had seen when he was in Italy or, of course, obviously at Chelsea. Firmino, Mane. When when Liverpool bought Mane from Southampton, yeah, everyone could see that, yeah, he's a good player, he's explosive, he's fast and he's strong, but a a 20-goal-a-season footballer come Mm. off it. And clearly Klopp has done that. Um, uh, Guardiola has taken players to such different levels. Sane, Sterling, Mm. these... It can't just be a fluke. Yeah, but that there was, this has yeah, happened. I think that you know. Yes, I mean, I, I, but I, 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 you could give Antonio to any of those, and I think Antonio, there'd still be an element of Antonio. I mean, Sterling has become yeah. what Sterling can be. I mean, I. I well, you, you know, say Ant- that. I'm not so I, sure. I, I love Antonio. I, I adore, him. and I think he's. I think he's a fantastic weapon to have in your in your armory. Yeah, I, I agree. think he's shown recently. But you know, he's got to be surrounded by a bit of flair. Though, yeah, he? I think he, he has. And, and you, know, you couldn't have I, a whole team. I, I mean, I think your absolute your analysis in terms of box to box midfielder, an energetic, powerful midfielder, a really good version of Diame or Kiate. Yeah, Kiate um, on a really good day. Yeah, consistently. Yeah, is is absolutely what we need, and that will be you know to be Noble's minder, to be to kind of to win the mm-hmm. ball, to chase, to set a tempo, and then you will see you know then Noble plays well in that, and I you know I know it's not him, but. Uh, it, it was shown that how important that that tempo was when Snodgrass came on at halftime against Chelsea, yep. and suddenly Chase lost causes and he did. waves everyone yeah. on, and, yeah. and, and he, and and he organised the press. And that's a big part of it. Look, and he's a decent footballer, but he's a squad player, and Obiang at yes. best is a squad player, and you can't have a squad of squad players. No, no, you that's right. what I'm well, saying. Well, in fact, you know, you know what. You know, in uh, talking of that Chelsea game, you know, I was looking at that Chelsea game and thinking, like, Kante is Noble and Snodgrass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. he's the player. He's got, he's got in a way, the he's the player. Yeah. And this yeah. is no, you know, it's it, people sort of confuse constructively criticizing Mark Noble or assessing his his qualities as a footballer with slagging him off. Kante is better than Mark Noble. No, Kante's yeah. a better Oh, he's a world-class yes, footballer. He's a much better than Mark Noble. Mm. And he is also kind of two players in one. You know, you you could have a, a a Rice and a Kante or a Kante and a Noble. You know, and you possibly wouldn't need three midfielders. You could have someone in a more advanced position yeah. because that would be enough. Two, two yeah. of those players, if one of them is Kante, would be enough. As it is, we mm-hmm. kind of have a three-person setup with a sort of noble rice and like either Snodgrass or Obiang or someone else in that sort of area. Uh, with better players, you yeah. probably have two. Um, Pellegrini yeah. has strongly hinted, hasn't he, in a statement that, that, that um, Arnautovic is going to stay. stay he yeah. sees him as part of the plans for, for next season. I think, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't surprise me. Um, but we are obviously, I'm surely going to see the back of Carroll and Hernandez and probably Perez I think that's well. A, I think they um, have to give them away in a packet of cornflakes. I think yeah. they're all going. So, so the, uh, we've got, that means, I, you know, arguably you've got to replace those three. If Arnautovic stays in Mickey and you've got Antonio, you've got to probably replace 
three of those with two, haven't you? Yeah, but they've got... And one of them's to got to be your starting centre-forward, it yeah, seems yeah. to me. You know. And then, then um, we're in questions of money yeah. and who that might be. I personally, the talk about Mitrovic... I don't think he scores I enough goals. I don't like him. I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to say. I don't I, think I'm he's good you, enough. I'm with you, Jim. He's not good he, enough. Scoring rate's not good enough. It's terrible. I think he stunk the place out at the back end of the season for Fulham, but according to Fulham fans that mm. I, I, I've spoken to about it, um, I just don't, you know, I just think he's, I just think he's meat and potatoes. Jekko's another rumour. 32 old. No, he's not. I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, what I think, though, is vital and... It's not just about recruitment this summer for next season. For me, it's now what I don't think... I don't think it's going to happen. I don't see I'm going to get my Christmas present, but um, it's back to vision because this board still, I don't think, has any vision. And, and it's what are you going to do about Declan Rice? Mm. Because um, if he carries on at the current rate of progress, he is going to be the best player that we've actually developed probably um, for two generations. And all the talk is, of course, that well, he's bound to go next, if not this next season, the season after that, unless, unless we can build a team and say to him, listen, stay. What you're going to be playing alongside can take you somewhere where you want to go. Yeah, yeah, that's the own. That's how we'll keep him. It's not a question of throwing another hundred thousand pound a year at him. That's easy. That's yeah. the easy part. We can do that. No problem. We generate enough money to do that. It's him being able to see that there is a future and building a team. It's not really all saying people mm. used to. We'll build the team around you. Glenn Roder had the same conversation with Joe Cole, except he didn't have enough players to build a fucking team around poor little Joe, and he was left doing all his tricks on his own. Yeah. You have to be able to follow it up it's, with yeah. players that can lift. <clears throat> and we don't need to spend, we don't need to, to, to buy many. And I don't actually think if recruitment is good enough, you need to spend an absolute fortune either. And I say that because if you look around the Premier League, and even at the big clubs, Liverpool, a best example, yes, of course they spent £75 million on. Um, Virgil van Dijk, who is the best centre-back in the Premier League. Yeah. And it's made a difference. And they spent 60 million quid on the goalkeeper. Personally, I don't think it is that hot. No. And I'll take Flappianski any time. <clears throat> but they have spent big money. But also, they have spent very wisely. Robertson. Yep. No one else came in yeah, for that great, guy. Great 11 million pounds is probably the best left-back yeah. in the Premier League. City have spent... Tens of millions on left backs and have got no one. Here yeah. comes a kid from a team that got relegated at Hull, Liverpool by him, and whether it's the Klopp yeah. effect, yeah. but for eleven million pounds, as I say, it's it is all about your scouting yeah. and how you develop players. I don't actually think we need to spend a hundred million pounds on three players. We just need to buy the right players. Well, I think we're very lucky with Declan Rice, bigger uh, with Gareth Southgate, in that Rice is now 
sort of in the England setup, and if he keeps playing well for his team, he'll continue to play. You know, we had under previous managers, you had to play for the kind of Champions League place mm. football teams to even be considered for England. Rice is already in the setup, and I think, a, you know, to play for a top half Premier League team, I mean, players all across the world want to do that. Players from, you know, South America, Europe want yeah. to play, you know, in the Premiership, the best league in the world. Yeah. Trademark. And, and I mean, I think they accept that they're, you know, not necessarily going to be in Champions League place teams, or if they are, they might well be just rotated out half the time. Uh, but my, Rice can play every week well, at he West Ham United. He can. Be in the top half of the Premier League and play for England. And I think that might be sort of enough. And, and without players. getting carried away, um, and I know, of course, he's not one of ours from, from being 12 because no. he was at Chelsea, but you can see there's half a chance if they do it properly. And two silly little things. One, um, famously, after he scored a couple of weeks ago and as he led, left the field, it was being replayed on the big screen and he actually yeah, celebrated. jumped and celebrated himself scoring a goal, yeah, he which I thought was great. Yeah. And when, of course, he got called up to England, he went and was filmed with, he had in a little trolley bag and then two carrier, West Ham carrier bags yeah, yeah. with all his other gear in it. Yeah. And I think that says a lot. And the club means a lot to him. Yeah. And he is precious. And I just hope that the board and Husilos and Pellegrini right now give him the ammunition to build a team around him yeah. with talent that he can look forward and say, you know what? I'm yeah. happy here. I love it. I'm the main man, and we can win things. And then he will stay. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think. Well, that's the, you, want, you, you know you're, the key word there is ambition, and it is about it's about showing ambition as a as a club. The reason why Spurs have hung on to Kane is that they've shown that they've shown that amb- ambition in, in in so many ways. I hate to say it, but it's true. It mm. is, and and they've um, delivered it. <clears throat> and to be honest, you know, you, you're looking at you're looking at sort of Man United, Chelsea, Arsenal at the moment. They know. They're not all that, are they? They're you know, worse we've than not looked, all that. we've looked at times, you know, as good if not better. Well, we've looked a better team than Man United. Well, I just want to pose this question. I think we're them. going to come to a break in a minute, mm, yeah. but I want to pose this question: How far back, gentlemen, in your respective lives, can you ever think of a time when you would have taken a West Ham back four above that of an Arsenal back four? No, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, that's how. Yeah, yeah. That is how far. The Arsenal have fallen. Yes, and talking of uh, talking of our back four uh, again at Southampton, um, um, uh, Fredericks is starting to yeah. really motor. I think yeah. he's starting to look like the real deal. I'm sort of currently working with a Fulham fan who who was going. He's great. He's great. You know, obviously it was in the Championship, and he did look like a little mm. bit of a fish out of water in the mm. Premiership in the first days. But but as you know, I think we've said before on this podcast, post injury Fredericks is like a different Fredericks. I think he's had time to kind of just file everything in way in his head and sort of uh, you know work out okay this is what I need to I've got to improve on this I've got to do this and has come back and is looking really confident I think now. he's we greatly should... helped by Zabba as yeah, well yeah. Um, and at first blush giving Zabba an extra year make you wonder why but I think if it's nothing, if he if it achieves nothing more than bringing Fredericks through yeah, next yeah. season to being a top quality right back, it's money well spent. <laughs> You've seen enough. I mean, I, I thought Fredericks against Liverpool at home was, it was sensational, absolutely outstanding. He's quick and he's very very quick really quick and pace is so so important well away at Spurs you know I I think we said this last week away at Spurs we played we we were able to play a high quite a high line against Tottenham Hotspur because (laughs) when they broke at pace with uh, Son who's lightning quick and Ali 
both Diop and Fredericks uh, were capable to get into a foot race with them and win it. He made one fantastic challenge yeah. at, at Whiteshite Lane. Um, I think in the second yeah, when half. Went yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really was brilliant. brilliant. Yes, it mm. was fantastic. Mm. So um, we're probably going to uh, just wrap this up by talking about Watford. Uh, yeah. Last we should, game we of the season. mention the FA Oh, sorry, yes, final. we forgot about <coughs> the FA To which we went. Yes. I did tell us all about it. I did go to that. I thoroughly enjoyed it. We, we'd we been to the semi-final. Yes. Um, uh, you know, Wembley sort of, you know, half full. Um, and it feels, you know, better than that when it's half full because yeah. half the seats are in the gods. You don't kind of notice them anyway. Noisy. Um, yes. And quite a lot of male voices singing yeah, uh, yeah. for West Ham. You know, totally outsung and out kind of numbered the Man City mm-hmm. support. We watched was it got a few little, after the a game. few little blue flag wavers. Yeah. And um, the girls did us proud in the first half. They, they absolutely were at it. There's a Korean... Um, Captain Cho, the the the, the South Korean, she yeah, was just too. here, there, and everywhere yeah. in the first half, oh, and we she ra- she ran it. out of yeah, steam, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and we had a we had the best chance, really the only clear cut chance of the first half, and it was a great move on the break, uh, diving header, and the keeper did make a brilliant make a, great a brilliant stop. save. Great it was stop. really good, and it was a story about um, keepers at the yeah, end, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and Anna Moore has made a mistake, mm-hmm. and and it, the ball swerved, but she was sort of a bit wrong footed by it. She should have kept it out and up until then they hadn't they'd started to control possession but they hadn't really really threatened and yeah, towards the, 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 they got they got they added to the goals towards the end because we were chasing it. We had another great chance at one nil, mm. um, and uh, Lehman, the, the Swiss girl, just kind of you know didn't really do enough with it to no. be honest. Um, but I thought you know they've clearly improved. They lost seven one to this lot. Yeah, yes, yes. And, yeah, I know. And they've clearly made made progress as a team. They, well, Cho they, and Leon are really good uh, additions to good. the squad. They're very good. Yeah, yeah. And, Leon is and there's fantastic. some pace up front. The, you know, yeah, there's yeah. an Irish girl called Kiernan who's very very quick. Yeah. Um, so there's you know there's something to build there. It's the first team. It's a scratch side coming together. They've obviously got a fantastic team spirit. Uh, it was a really 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 good day out yeah. and and great kind of ambassadors for the for the club yeah and now i'm gonna pour pour hot water on it because i get all of that and i agree but for me there a big caveat in all of this and i fear is that this our the existence of the west ham ladies team is nothing more than um an opportunity for the sullivan family to extend their hegemony over our beloved club and I can't, I have no time um, for that little sawn-off, spoiled boy who's inherited a billion pounds of <laughs> daddy's money um, to build a football club. And, of course, with a TV series that, that I've watched it because I refuse to watch it on principle, <laughs> has done nothing but, of course, enhance his own reputation and profile as a result of it. And I'm troubled by the prospect and thought that that the ladies' team is an extension of the Sullivan control over West Ham and so that they can justify in five years' time when dear old dad Dave decides that he's going to return to a life on the top shelf um, by wielding in, <laughs> wielding in sun on the basis, well, look how well he's done with the ladies. He's fit to run a Premier League team. So I'm frightened about that. Jim, the prosecution rests. <laughs> Your witness. Okay, well, I would say that's overly cynical. I agree with you about 
the, the Sullivans. And I agree with you. I don't like the television program, which has trivialized so much, you know, the feel of it and so on. And I think it possibly was a vanity project. Mm. But what I think, funnily enough, has happened is that the team and the women in it and the guy that, who's obviously a decent manager and a decent man, Beard, the manager, Beard. it's kind of transcended that. It's gone, it, it's, it's, it's gonna, it's heading towards something a bit bigger and better than that, whether he likes it or not. Yeah, I, and, I, I and fear that. I, you know, I, 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 fear I think it's going to take off. I think, but I think that on Sunday, or rather, on, forgive me, on Saturday, part of the criticism I have for, for the for the FA and the women's football is the complete stupidity of fixing a time for their final oh, yes, when crazy. the Premier League Absolutely was going. Crazy. Because, yeah. and this is where I'm driving to with, with putting both of these arguments together. I think, and we discussed it earlier in the, in the pub, that had the game, had, had, the, had the men's team not played at three o'clock on a Saturday... I think Wembley would have been filled to the rafters yeah, absolutely. with claret and blue shirts. Yeah, yeah. Because, totally as West Ham fans, we will follow the shirt, whether it's men, yeah. whether it's women, whether they are under-17s yeah. or they're septuagenarians. I mean, to the extent that I don't know about you, but how sad I am, I will watch old footage that's shown about four o'clock in the morning on Sky on on <laughs> BT Sport Three and, and and watch a West Ham game and, and hope they win. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is even though you know they did years ago and you know they didn't and and get upset when yeah. they lose because yeah. as a group we will follow that bloody claret and blue shirt to the end of the universe and yeah. I think there's a lot of that what you're speaking about that togetherness yeah. and excitement I think that engenders yeah. from the, the level of support that the team have yeah I think we're all saying the same thing but uh, in different is my, ways is my verdict uh, oh, okay. on this on what this, I'd like um, to know is how will, Bal- how will General Balbuena say it uh, we are all saying the same thing <laughs> if you have a, a horse that can fly <laughs> he's not a horse Perhaps you are a horse. You are the horse. Yeah. Matt Beard. Yeah, May does, your yeah. women fly, Yeah, well, he would say. Um, so Watford, Watford. The weekend, last game of the season. We, yep. you know, and, and uh, as you say, Simon, we, we, it, it suddenly become a little bit more interesting uh, because um, Watford got beat at the weekend. So now they're, they're in an overhaulable position. Yeah. We could also be caught, which would move us down to 12th, but it's yeah. basically between 9th and 12th, which is quite a, quite a spread. Um, you know, well, it must, not, there must be a few million quid involved in Yeah. Well, it's in six that. million pounds. Yeah. It's 1.9 yeah. you know, million a place. That's not to be sneezed at. And, and also, you know, it'd be good to finish top half. It really would. Yeah, you know, it I think, would be good. You know, it it's hard. It's hard at Watford. They're a tough team to play. Yes. I mean, they. Um, I mean, their uh, comeback in uh, the first season at the Thunderdome, uh, when we humiliated oh. them with our Rabona, Rabona, and they decided uh, that that was it, and decided to bully us out of the game and beat us four two. Well, we did, we, they we are did a big help them. Team. We did help them. I seem to recall um, with a huge mix up between um, Ginge and Adrian in that yes, game. Yes, yes, yeah. we did. We absolutely did. Um, 
Yeah, so you know they're a they're a little bit of a tough team for us. I, I wouldn't go as far. They're as exactly the, team, the sort of team are. that we were alluding to before that we hate playing against. Yeah, they're yeah. Very physical. They're yeah. very big. They've got and some they're, they're class as well. And De- yeah. Delafuel, what a terrific player. And a couple of yeah, some guys in the in their midfield. Who had who have technique to go with that size and physicality? I mean, I think we you know we we the momentum's a little bit with us at the moment. We we we. Uh, where hopefully it'll be a good game. Predictions. Well, I think it's a, you know as they say they've got they've got um, a cup final to mm-hmm. to be prepared and be thinking about, and I think that that's always in the back of a player's mind. Um, so I think that's going to take a few percentage points off their intensity. Um, we yeah, as you say, we're on a bit of a run. Uh, one all. One all. No, I was going to have that, Simon. Well, um, I'm not phased by the cup final. Issue because I seem to remember in 2006 on the famous Lasagna Gate game, um, which was the Saturday, the Sunday that preceded the cup final against Liverpool, um, our players prepared to lay down and die in that game. Mm. So I'm not fussed by that. I do, however, got, I've got a sneaky feeling for a two all. Two all. I'm going to say Watford one, West Ham two. It's very cautious for you. You're normally a bit more reckless. Watford one, West Ham four. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this has been it for this week's uh, Stop Hammer Time. Remember, go to your local bookmakers, uh, or if there is one that sponsors yeah, this podcast, and, and, go to and, them. And, and, yes, and, uh, and lay, have lay a bet money on, on Trevor as the, yes, as the name. As the name. It's got to be. <laughs> you heard it here first. Trevor, and even, and even Sir Trev. Yes, yeah. Sir Trev. Sir Trev. God bless him and all those who sail in Prince Sir Trev <laughs> will, will be his name. And also on uh, 1-4 as a result for the weekend. My name's been Phil Whelans. With me have been Jim Grant. Cheerio. And Simon Pentel. Come on, you irons. Come on, you irons. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrooks. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.